Welcome, everybody, to The Lonely Tardis, your journey through Time Lords and space, where four-ish companions come together to talk all things Doctor Who, especially this season, season 11. We have a fantastic show today. I am Dolly Domofsky. Joining me as usual is one, Sean Norton. Hello. Hi. Hi, If you hear uh, us muting Sean a lot, it's because he's coughing. The, the bug will, has hit him. I will mute myself. Thank you very much. A bug has also hit Marcus, so he is unable to join us this evening, but he sends his, his regards. Um, but we do have Stephen Strong, who is perky and healthy as usual. Yeah, I'm strong as a horse as always. <laughs> nay, I say. Nay. Get it? I would never. I would never say that. Why would you put these words in my mouth? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. What's happening? I don't know either. Uh, horses say nay and you know, never mind. Whatever. How's it going, guys? We're going to talk Doctor Who today. Dolly the dad jokes. Dolly the dad jokes. I'm playing Mr. Mom this week. I'm I'm stay at home, enjoying the the wonderful chilly fall weather and getting ready to talk Doctor Who with with two of my favorite peeps. What? Exactly. Two, two of your what? My favorite peeps. Problem is that we're running into here is that uh, Dolly's trying to talk hip and is that like, what this is? The stay at home dad for the mid middle America's. Okay. You know, dad bots, dad humor, it's all it's all new again. You know, it's all everybody it's all the rage on Twitter now. <laughs> Are there dad jeans? Does does he wear is that a thing? There know. must be. Yeah, dad jeans. Was, was it mom jeans and dad Dead slacks? Dad, dad slacks. Dad slacks, dad jorts. You know, I missed dads wear like I was so mad when somebody told me, apparently many years after it had happened, that uh hey man, jorts are out of style and you look dumb. And I just, what? I was really sad about it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. No, jorts are okay. Jorts are fine. No, they're uh, not. Apparently, they are not. <laughs> they have not been okay for a long time. <laughs> Only John Cena gets away with jorts. Only John Cena gets yeah. away with jorts. Grandfather did, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we're going to talk Doctor Who Season 11, Episode 2, The Ghost Monument. Before we do that, though, I did ask. Um, some questions of of folks to tell us what they felt uh, about the the episode and about the uh, the previous episode. Actually, we do have a couple quick comments on our first episode um, last week for uh, the woman who fell to earth. Our good friend, good buddy, post post mortem dad says it took twenty three minutes to mention Moffat <laughs> talking about our podcast, and of course it was Marcus. I love Stomp. And I can see where that comparison comes in with regards to the new theme arrangement. I thought it was unnecessary to really take out those extra mechanical trash bin drums, and I'd be happy with the theme. Uh, chibnalism, definitely a term that will be used. And if this is going to be an ongoing problem going forward, I'll take chibnalisms over Moffatisms any day. He says he did like uh, uh, Jody Whitaker, but her accent did get to be a bit much. It was a good introduction, but one episode does not a series make. Um, and he says, this was directly aimed at me. Dolly Pertwee was my first favorite doctor, still one of my top three, along with Tennant and Davidson. So that comparison actually works in the show as favor for me. That's good. Uh, I rather like the personal focus on the episode. Let's introduce and get to know the characters before shooting off to space. Oh, look, they are in space now. Introduced another of my kids to the show with this new fresh start. Now I'll watch the, and now watch the, with the three of my kids. Really glad to enjoy Really glad to enjoy sharing this series and character with my kids. I think I'm going to be much more happy sharing this version of the show. Not to take away from a Capaldi, he was fantastic, but he was mired in Moffat. And this now feels much more like a fun family, like the fun family show it should be. Well, good. That's uh, that is just one episode, but um, very good to know the uh, the thoughts there. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, this episode. Uh, the, the ghost monument. We're going to have some commentary from our listeners and readers post episode, but I wanted to, to dive in with a super quick summary of what this episode was about. As we we saw with the first episode, the woman who followed earth, um, our fearsome foursome, sorry, that was stupid. Our fab four is now in space. Somehow. Oh, yeah, appearing, yeah. Somehow appearing <laughs> in space. Yeah, there you go. Um, with some uh, uh, timey-wimey, let's say, um, or spacey-wacey 
magic work. Nope, that time you had it better the first time. Okay. Um, floating on the space only to be rescued at the last moment by a couple of, uh, of uh, I guess not warring, but um, a couple of racers on this uh, sort of amazing race style scavenger hunt. Um, uh, on the two, two separate ships, they crash land on the final planet, the last planet. And need to find out, uh, need to reach the ghost monument to win their prize. The ghost monument is, of course, the TARDIS. Um, both racers win the prize. And uh, Doctor Number 13 and her companions get inside the TARDIS and take off. So, total, totally quick summary there with a couple of my patented detours. I want to know what you guys thought about this. Uh, just from... Uh, Whatever, whatever you guys felt. Did, did you like it? Did you not like it? We can dive into some of the details after that. Marcus, you did just post about the ratings too. You want you want to dive into that super quickly before we hop into the rest? Who? Mark Marcus is Marcus. Maybe I miss soft. him so much that <laughs> Marcus him come every... back to me. Although I understand, I'm often mistaken for a middle aged British Scottish whatever the hell he is, man. So. Well, that's true. Welsh, don't you dare. But, yeah, that's my bad. Anyways, ratings. Yes, they're all the same. Uh, after last weekend's record-breaking debut, Josie Whitaker's first Doctor Who series continues to perform strongly in the ratings, seeing just about a million drop-off, which is very normal after premiere mm-hmm. episodes, but still brought in 7.1 million overnight, which is stellar. Absolutely stellar. So the woman who fell to Earth brought in about 8.2 million overnight. So... uh She's she's hanging in there, and it seems like people are really into it, and it's a it's a really good sign. Uh, based on this thing, episode, yeah. it wasn't. <clears throat> sorry, just based on this episode, it wasn't. It wasn't a bad episode by any means. So I, I would be very surprised if, if there's a severe mm. drop off, assuming the quality maintains or goes higher from here. Okay, yeah, I, I will. I will say one thing that uh, overnight ratings are kind of what um, uh, these broadcast corporations use to justify advertising and stuff. But as we know. Sci-fi shows, especially Doctor Who, tends to be infinitely bingeable and rewatchable across streaming platforms, yeah. which was a big bummer when Netflix uh, lost the uh, contract, but Amazon and Hulu, I think, picked them up. So um, this is – Doctor Who is continually watchable. People go back to these old episodes much more so than they do um, shows like uh, Breaking Bad, which are phenomenal shows, but they're – they're very much you have to watch the the you know the entire season to get the gist of what's going on. Doctor Who is uh, the singular episodes tend to help. So yeah, it'll it great great ratings. <clears throat> um, uh, still kind of beating out Capaldi stuff, but this it's again it's only two episodes in. Um, but these are great ratings for the overnight. So so good stuff, good stuff there. But tell me what you thought about the episode now, uh, Sean. I almost said Marcus Jeez. again. Yeah. What's wrong with me? My feelings are very hurt, so I'm going to let Steven go first this week. Okay. Steven. Hi. You got my name right. Yep. Um, the yeah, Strom I, Theory. I'm going to start calling you the Strom Theory. I, I, I like that. Okay. Go ahead. Why did you growl it? <laughs> no. I don't know what's wrong with me today, guys. Coffee hit you. I'm the one that's sick and delirious. I'm medicine. You're We're recording a lot earlier in the day than we normally record, so I have more energy. Which means I'm still up. Yeah, which means the jokes are going to be absolutely horrible the whole show. Go ahead, Stephen. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. It was, you know, eh, um, I don't know if I have a lot to say about it. Like, I think we're still very much in that, like, rebuilding stage of, like, a new Doctor post-regeneration type thing of, like, we have to set the stage for, like, what the TARDIS is, which I feel like in previous seasons we've definitely just, like, jumped straight to the TARDIS at the end of the episode, and we've had that big moment of, like, Hey, uh, here's what it looks like on the inside. And I think that was like, this is kind of an extended montage building towards that, but, um, because they definitely, I feel like wanted to set the first episode around the characters a lot more than just like the gadgets and, and the nonsense around it. Um, so yeah, like this was definitely like more of an action heavy episode that kind of like led us into that stuff. Like not, not so much character building, although we did get some really good stuff here with like Graham and Ryan, um, in, interacting a good bit and i still like those two characters quite a bit like i feel uh i forget her name what's the female companion this season yes yes yep i i feel like we haven't necessarily like so much of the heart and soul of that first episode was built around grace and her relationship between the two men and i feel like we haven't gotten a ton of yaz 
uh, yet, other than like her talking here a little bit about her family that we have not seen on screen. So it's going to just like by virtue of what the script has been so far, harder for me to establish kind of like a relationship with her yet. Uh, or, you know, uh, as much as I like the character and everything like that, but um, just uh, I'm still kind of waiting for that moment to happen, kind of that changeover where we get more because it has been so character focused so far. I would kind of like to see the entire cast kind of get there too. But what we do have here of Graham and Ryan together, I thought was very cool and very strong. Like I'm, I was actually kind of surprised coming off of uh, the two doctors story from the Christmas special last year, um, where it, William Hartnell's character and uh, the, the like general Colonel type guy they had with them or whatever, were very much like playing off of this idea of like these old white dudes being kind of like out of touch and stuff like that, which made a lot of sense given considering like, they were literally from like the thirties and, and whatnot. Uh, but I think Graham is definitely like, kind of like growing on me pretty well. Like he's, he's like a take charge actiony guy. He could, he could so easily be a whiny character. That's just like, I can't believe we're dealing with all this every week. Like, Oh no. But like, he's really just trying to be there for Ryan. Cause he knows that Ryan is in a bad place. And he, I think, I think we'll soon, we, we are already seeing some examples of this, but I think soon we'll start to see that like, Graham is maybe not super okay with the death of Grace. Like, I don't think, like, I think he's kind of, like, putting on a little bit of a brave face right now and really wants to connect with Ryan um, to try and, like, kind of heal those wounds a little bit, both for his sake and for Ryan's sake. And the dynamic of Ryan, like, still not being quite ready to talk about it and stuff like that when he was already not in, like, a perfect relationship with his step-grandfather before Grace died, I think that's, like... Smart. I think that's good. I like, I think it's another continuation of like what we were seeing before from the previous episode where it was like much more character focused, less about the action itself. And the action here was actually okay. Like um, it is a very traditional, like, ah, there's a planet. It's, it's empty. There's a mystery for the doctor to solve. The doctor solves it. There's nothing too huge going on except for the Stenza are involved. The monsters from last week, uh, which might be like alluding to maybe a greater, um, storyline involving them throughout the series. We'll see. It could just be a one-off, but uh, it feels a little early for just a total one-off like that. Um, but the, I think part of why I liked it, even, you know, the action, even though I thought it was just kind of like, okay, it was just kind of there is this season looks really, really good. Like the design of stuff like that in previous seasons of Dr. Yeah, Who has been very yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is like it's not. I mean, it's not Star Wars in terms of like expensive looking like Star Wars, but it captures a lot of that same thing of like dirty and grungy and lived in, and like the the machinery, the sh- the spaceships, the the sniper robots, like all look used and like things that like people would create. Like even if you know they kind of look a little junky, but kind of intentionally. I don't know if I'm even making sense anymore, but yeah, it just looks really nice. Like uh, so, even no, when I was going to bring up that same thing, there's. It seems like they have um, a kind of a fresh design team on the show. And this is design, like a concept design and concept art. In the past, it was just make it shinier and shinier and shinier. But this year, there's like a, a genuine kind of theme behind it. Even the the, uh, the uh, sonic screwdriver kind of fits in with this this sort of, it's almost like weirdly steampunkish in a strange way, especially when we talk about the, tar- the new TARDIS interior later on. But yeah, there's this this genuine like they put in a, a major effort to make this all look really good which in the past it wasn't didn't always seem to look the case it's yeah. just doctor who with a budget i know right <laughs> i don't believe you <laughs> no i don't i don't know for sure maybe it's the same as it's always been but this this is such a fresh take on it behind the camera like the cinematography is just unbelievable like yeah. it's actually taking some getting used to 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 appreciate just how this is being shot and how good it looks yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and I, I think that carries the show a lot in the in the like um, less interesting, less introspective moments. Like just being able to look at it and like see that it looks nice, even if the action itself is just kind of there and kind of there to propel the emotional thrust of the show forward. If it looks nice enough, I don't really mind so much. Yeah, I'm. Just, I'm mm-hmm. Can't I can't disagree. I mean, uh, yeah, I, good. good. <laughs> Um, any, anything more you want to say, or do we want to hand off to Sean real quick now? We can. We're going to no, start. We, we could it. just riff and go back and forth. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought we were doing. That's why I, that's yeah, why no. I was there. Sorry, I like that. I, no, no, I like that too. Yeah, instead of yeah. just sort of monologuing, just, um, just riffing. <clears throat> there's that growl again. Um, 
I, you know, like Stephen was saying, I, I, cinematography aside, I thought it was a solid episode. I thought it was, it, it kind of, you have all these premieres and, and that's really the start of like, well, mm-hmm. you know, let me see how she's going to handle it and, or he or she's going to handle it and get the first sense of the companions and the wacky doctor and whatever. Um, this is really where it starts. Right. And yeah, it was fine. I, I, I would say it was okay to good. Uh, I don't think it was great. There were some things that bugged me, um, but before I get to those, like we were saying, the things I really liked, um, you know, Jody's doing a great job in the role. Um, the companions show promise. Yaz, is that her name? Mm-hmm. I, I yep. keep forgetting. Is kind of underdeveloped, but it's also only episode two, so that's not a crime right now. Um, more focus is absolutely on laying the groundwork for what I think is eventually going to be not only the sort of confronting the feelings of the death of, of the grandmother slash wife, but also kind of coming together and, and learning from that and, and sort of uh, repairing or I guess forging if they've never had a relationship, um, you know, between those two, between Graham and, and uh, Brian. Yes. Um, and that's fine. And right now she's just more of the character. He has more of the character who's just like, yes, no, I'm in space, but this doctor I trust, let's do it. Let's go doctor, doctor, doctor. And that's okay. Um, it'll be a problem down the road if if that doesn't change, but you know, there's, they spec, they sprinkled in a couple of hints of, you know, some stuff with her family too back home and she can't wait to get away and she's got a dad and a sister or whatever. And the other characters like, Oh, don't take him for granted. Like my family's in hiding because of a genocidal race that nuked a planet or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I appreciated all that. There were, like I said, there were a couple of things that bugged me. I, I <laughs> it wasn't really a race. Like the, I appreciate right, that. Like right. the plot here was like you were the last two, and if you survive, you get this treasure and blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, go. It was, it was just kind of weird. It it felt like it was almost just sort of this background thing to just move these characters around to get them to talk to each other and and do some monster of the week shit. Um, mm-hmm. And that's okay, but it was kind of. I I thought it was a little weird to be honest. Like it. I, the planet was whatever uh, cinematography was great, but like they were just kind of strolling up to whatever those runes were. Right. And then they were kind of helping each other through those after a while. And it's, just, it was just weird. Um, and I thought it was weird at the end where there, this guy who's beaming himself in from a hundred billion miles away and is clearly powerful enough to set up a, a dead planet competition. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, yeah, well now guess what? Uh, we both win. And if you don't like it, we're going to come get you. And instead of him just being like, yeah, whatever, you're dead. He's just like, oh, okay, well, you talked at me, so here we go. <laughs> right. That um, was a little, there was a couple of silly moments like yeah, that in this episode, yeah. for sure. Yeah, like the yeah. Brian running out and shooting at the robots was a very oh. out-of-place moment in this episode. Mm-hmm. I really want to rail on it, but I don't know enough about dyspraxia. Like, it bugged the hell out of me because this guy has such a hard time climbing ladders under pressure, right? Mm-hmm. And riding a bike downhill. But then he comes out and he's just like, Call of Duty, bitches! And like, yeah, that's true, right? Totally. And an alien rifle, and he's never held a gun before, and he's mowing down all these guys. And and I, I appreciate it for the for the bit, right? For the gag, but if the story part of my brain is just like, how is that even possible? Like, you spent the whole episode and a half building this guy up as somebody who's really working through a challenge he has yeah. here. Um, but again, I... Mean, yeah. I I, I'm held up. Sorry, I'm held up because mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't want to rail on this and then have somebody come in and be like, "Well, uh, actually, uh, that's it's actually hand-eye coordination." And there's some things they're challenged with, and some things they're not. And I don't want to sound like an asshole, totally. but in the event that that's not true, it was very odd. Like, it, it was so jarring to me because they had spent so much time making this guy, uh, you know, out of the the box sort of companion with a with a real mm-hmm. disability he struggles mm-hmm. with. And then it was just like, oh, here we go. And it's just, it was, I don't know. I thought it was weird, personally. And and I don't even think the gag is that worth the the weirdness of the moment. It, to me, like, the gag feels like very much like an older man writing what he thinks, like, younger men are like today. Because, like, oh, what, what do they do? They play the Call of Duty, you know? Hello, oh, fellow Call of Duty fans. Yes, totally. <laughs> 100%. Like, totally, hello, fellow kids. Like, it's... It, it it comes across that way to me very much, and then like ah, but we have to make a big goofy moment out of it because um, guns guns are bad in the Doctor Who universe and stuff like that. So he's like running away and like has that like shrieking thing, and like it just feels so out of place for the entire tone. <laughs> not not just for his character, but like for the tone of the episode. The, the episode is very much like we don't know if we're going to make make it out of here or not. We we trust in this like pretty much stranger or whatever, and I love that they just trust her because like you know we've had an episode where they learned to trust her and stuff like that. Like Grace trusted her. They trust her, you know, 
they, she saved somebody's life. Uh, so that makes sense. But still, they're in a very dire situation on a planet that is like full of like killer robots that are trying to shoot them. <laughs> and right, like that. right. And he just runs out there by himself. And it's just like, this doesn't feel right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I, Dolly, did it bother you? Or were you kind of just like, eh, whatever, Doctor Who jokes? No, there were there were definitely moments in the in this show that that in this episode that I kind of uh, lost touch. It wasn't those surprisingly wasn't wasn't those. I think that the one moment that's well, first <clears throat> let me backtrack a bit. I really sure. like this episode. Uh, I liked it more than the debut because oh. Um, oh. and and I'll tell you why. It's uh, not a whole ton more because I think it was it was still held back. But I enjoyed the the premise. I enjoyed how they tied it back to that first episode with. Um, was it the the Stenza? I think we're kind of the same, yeah, the same race. <clears throat> so I felt like there was kind of a good um, next steps from that first episode. The people that are just joining Doctor Who for the first time are are, are can understand kind of the flow of things. Um, the I, I loved the the commentary. I think Stephen, you mentioned it between Graham and Ryan. That felt real, and there was even a. Uh, a moment where I think Ryan says, you're talking too much about this, um, which I can, I have, you know, when after a death, these are the types of things that you deal with. You're talking more about this, somebody says, you know, the, the, the woman's son, and then the woman's husband says, yeah, I don't think you're talking enough about this. And so that to me is actually in a strangely subtle way, a very uh, common um, and emotional conversation that people that are dealing in situations of death actually have. No one knows how to approach it. Um, and so I think that both of them are kind of struggling with, with the death of this, this loved one. Um, and the doctor yeah. kind of comes in as a, with, as, as a whirlwind, uh, uh, you know, and taking them off on this, this crazy journey, accidentally taking them off on this crazy journey. And right now the doctor doesn't even really want them to be there. Cause she keeps saying, I'm taking you guys home. You guys are ready to go home. But yeah, until so I loved I really enjoyed everything of this about this episode, even the stupid race premise that there's only two people left in this race, yada yada. Um, until the the racers disappear and everything disappears, Doctor says, "Well, we're not going to make it off. No, we're done. Sorry, it's it's over. I everything." Yeah. I and I'm like, "Wow, that n- n- I've never seen the Doctor just give up so quickly, like." Not just like strangely, just like completely give up. No, there's there's no hope, guys. No, no, there's there's no hope at all. Forget it. Nope, nothing. Nope, sorry. I'm like, wow, that was undoctor like, and I actually felt I was taken aback by that moment because that's she was so confident all the way through that first episode and through this episode, and kind of leading people and bringing people together and telling telling them that it's you know the these emotions that you guys are feeling this these moments are all natural and 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 you know thrive off them and use them to power you and then you get to this really emotional moment and she gives up and so i felt that was to me that was really the only letdown of the episode and that actually hurt my um kind of what i felt going out of it because again i loved everything leading up to that moment or i really enjoyed everything leading up to that moment and then that moment happens i'm like oh man that's a mm, that's kind of a bummer that it uh um that it kind of ends that way but you know it, it does finally lead into what we all sort of felt was going to happen. We knew the TARDIS was going to show up and um, we all obviously knew there's going to be a new TARDIS because the way that uh, the show was set, being set up, but yeah, I don't know. How did that moment go over with you guys? Well, so if I may, um, that, uh, that did stand out to me and that kind of bugged me. Um, and then I thought about it a little more and then I kind of, I read a little bit online and I got some, some feedback and, and a bit that was pointed out to me that I, I didn't even realize. And I really appreciate is the doctor's basically been going nonstop mm-hmm. for a year and a half, essentially, right? Like since World Enough in Time, um, it's all been a year and a half our time. It's all gone right into the next thing, into yeah. the next thing, right? Like imagine going out on an adventure and you're going to hang out, and this is back when Capaldi was around, and then you're with your friends, and one of them you're going to try to rehabilitate, right? And test the others or whatever, whatever. And then pretty much all of them die or disappear forever. Then you die, but not really. Then you meet your younger self and the memories of your friends and everything like that. And then, oh, by the way, you die and you're falling out of the sky and you have to deal with all this crazy shit when you land. Then you get dressed and, you know, you think you find your time machine and you're just trying to save the day. But then, oh, you're suspended in space and then there's even more bullshit you have to deal with. 
And then you finally get to where you think you've got it all, and then your ship's not there again. Like I, yeah, it seems out of character, but if if you go in with that context and choose to look at it that way, it's not that jarring to think that like she's just done. Like she's just she's just been going nonstop, and she's just she's just fucking shot. And I I wonder if that's partially too to just like I I I like that read a lot here actually like I actually really appreciate that I do think that the show itself could do a better job of like raising that to the fore but really like if you think about like the TARDIS as like being Whitaker's only tie back to like her time lordiness like because not only has she been like you know constantly on the move since like even while she was still Capaldi like she has also been like disconnected from basically everything. Like she's been disconnected from the TARDIS. She didn't have a screwdriver. You know, the, the time Lords are gone. Hartnell, uh, you know, it has disappeared because like, or not, you know, not Bradley, I guess, technically um, mm-hmm. is, is gone at this point because of the timey, wimey weirdness and whatnot. Um, so like, if, if you look at the TARDIS as like a symbol of like her confidence and power and stuff like that, and like a thing that she's trying desperately to get a hold back onto just to find, like, and especially, like, and ma- you can almost, like, look at this as almost as, like, a two-episode regeneration episode, the way that, like, in previous episodes, we did get the TARDIS at the end of the episode. Um, you know, it, they get the new outfit, they get their new companions, and then they get the TARDIS at the end, and then the, the end of the episode is, do you want to fly around with me? And we don't get that in the previous episode. We we are still reestablishing her back into the existing, like, comfort zone and whatnot, and, like, she has no comfort zone here. She doesn't even have a society to work within like no technology really to work within like because most of the planet has been wiped out at this point like there's not a lot to go off of um again i think they could do a better job of addressing that but like i like that read a lot actually now that I've, now that you said that and now that i've kind of talked about it a little bit myself i think they both work and i, mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right um and of course it's also possible that this is just going to be part of her character personality right um i don't i don't know but it it was tough it's I, I didn't like it when I <laughs> excuse me when I was viewing it and then now that I've processed it a little more I can hand wave it away a lot easier than I can some other stuff on the show mm-hmm. sure sure so I mean other, uh, tough. She, she wanted to save these people she didn't even want yeah. these people in the first place and then she thought she screwed up again having right. just lost the last three people she was with so they didn't ask to be a part of this like most companions Correct. usually right. do right, right. No. so yeah like yeah that's that's a that's a good read yep so what, um, um, go ahead. I, I I was just going to ask what you guys thought of the uh, deadly paper. The deadly paper. It's not the worst uh, enemy that we've we've come across. Um, they they made them sort of leech like uh, boa constrictor leech like. I mean, it could have yeah. been a little better, but um, I yeah, I, it, yeah. It, was, it was didn't do anything. Didn't do anything good or bad for me. We definitely get, like, them here kind of, like, setting up whatever, like, the big, big crux of the season is going to be with, like, the the immortal child or the missing yeah. child, whatever it was. The time yeah. child. Yeah. Timeless, Timeless child. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously going to come back into play at some point throughout the season. Like, I'm glad that it's not one of the companions, uh, whatever the yep. MacGuffin is this season. So that that's also already a, a smart move ahead of time. But, yeah, the, really? the paper monsters themselves are, like, yeah, they were... The, it's weird. This episode is full of like a bunch of things I could point to and say like, ah, I didn't care for that. I didn't care for that moment. I didn't care for that thing or whatever. But overall, just holistically, I think it is so much more than the sum of its parts because it does tie so well into the previous episode's stuff. And now that Sean has kind of mentioned that uh, theory going around before, or not theory, but the, that critical mm-hmm. read of tying it into the Capaldi era of stuff like that, like I still like it. Like I still like this episode quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. despite like having despite being able to poke holes in it all day, like the, the, the highs were so much higher. And when you put, when you lay out the entire episode by itself, it's a pretty solid story. I think. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, go ahead, Dolly. You want me to, Oh no, you can, you you can go ahead. No, I, I, as a monster of the week, which I think that's what they were. Um, they're fine. The little paper things are fine. Uh, having the ability to read people and then their past is <laughs> impressive. That was nowhere. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but it, I just think it's funny. It, it was so. <laughs> it's so very Doctor Who to have her. <coughs> excuse me, to have her walk into a room and read the plot off the floor. Uh huh. But, but mm. whatever. Um, and that, that was another thing that also again, like this episode is just full of little weird things. But that was like very much like. 
Bethesda RPG. Oh, two skeletons yeah. hugging on the ground. It's environmental storytelling, everybody. I actually turned to my fiance and as she's reading, I, I was like, reads. <laughs> I was doing a dwarf voice, like from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> They're writing in the journal as the pounding on the wall is happening and then, you know, the goblins are coming. The way you've shot. But, um, whatever. I just thought it was funny that I, I appreciate that this, this Denza are going to from all intents and purposes, going to be the big bad this season. Um, I'm really curious if they're going to bring them back in a way that this this guy we met last week, the bumbling idiot, was really just sort of an outlier, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. they are genuinely terrifying. Because if they can decimate planets and send people running and and separate families and stuff, that has the potential for some really cool, really cool storytelling opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I. <laughs> I can't get over it. They 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 have these scientists making all these crazy things. They've clearly had this planet decimated. It's desert. It's dead. And then <laughs> fucking paper towels are just floating in the wind as they bop up the dead. And whatever. I, again, it's a goofy Doctor Who thing. I don't hate it. I just can't stop thinking about it. It's, it's just weirdly, so funny. It's just weirdly unnecessary. It's like a thing that happens – or it's a thing that doesn't happen so much anymore in superhero movies. But in old school superhero movies, you used to see so often – like people just having too many ideas for a single movie mm. and like, well, we got to put this in here. So like you get to like Spider-Man three era and it's like Sandman and Hobgoblin and like visions of the green goblin and venom all intertwining all at once because nobody can decide on what they want. They want to sell more toys of something. Mm. I don't know if they're going to be selling any toys of paper, of like dirty paper towels, but it just, it like the, the sniper robots look so much cooler and we're so much more interesting and then they just kind of disappear from that point forward. I think the idea here is maybe that they wanted to like establish, ah, this planet is full of weird monster type weapons and stuff like that. But like the, we only see two of them, so that doesn't quite play enough. It almost feels like this episode is maybe a little, like because they are focusing in so much more on the emotional thrust of the characters uh, this season. It almost feels like the the monster of the week stuff is, does not have enough time to fully establish. I think it's like the same thing with the race thing. Like it's it's the like a space race, um, like Cannonball Run thing is such a potent idea mm-hmm. for a sci-fi story, but we don't see any of that <laughs> because we have to like get past the like the spaceships and stuff like that to get on the planet to get the characters talking and we have to you know unite these characters back together again yeah um i do appreciate just, yeah. how quickly they did that though and oh totally and i appreciate because we were all wrong i i think we all assumed that the tardis was going to yeah. materialize and the bubble was going to come out mm-hmm. or whatever so i i actually really liked that they kind of took to put it on its head a little bit and had these two random racers uh mm-hmm. show up um and speaking of the tardis Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we talk about the inside, because I'm curious what you guys think, the scene where she is that sad, hopeless doctor and it reappears, like you can just – it's just so well done. And she goes up to it and she, she appreciates the, the Come to mommy. Is that outside what you Come to daddy, uh, then come, come to mommy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then she walks in and you've redecorated and it, it just – it was so – powerful yes. like it was really really well done and you could feel the love between like the love she has for that machine um i, I just I, I thought it was great i thought it was executed perfectly perfectly um as for the inside i it's pretty dark yeah <laughs> it's I think pretty that dark. Was, that's one of the other uh, uh um criticisms that i've been reading out uh, reading a lot about is is the darkness of the uh, the interior is hard to, hard to see things did I just miss it, or was I? I feel like there was no glory shot of like the interior. It was just kind of like no. normal. No, no, not yet. No. Yeah, it was. It was. It was strange. Like we always I, get that, right? Like there's always that camera pan back, like high wide shot of the interior as like the doctor's like looking around, and, like appreciating the whole thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we that just never happened here. Like we just kind of see little corners and edges of the thing. It almost makes me wonder if like the set wasn't done in time for filming or something like that. I saw more on the internet than I did in the episode. Hmm. So, um, so, yeah, it was probably a directorial decision, but, um, and I just read two cool things mm-hmm. that spinning TARDIS on the console, the little wow. mini TARDIS is apparently the chameleon circuit. Oh, interesting. So that's really cool. So and theoretically changed that thing on the inside would look like something different. So you would see what you were currently changed into. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then apparently, 
they they asked her her favorite cookie or whatever it is, and that custard cream dispenser. Yeah. They more or less didn't tell her that was there until she filmed. I don't know. If that, <laughs> wow, that's. I don't good. know if that's urban legend or not, but that's what I was reading. That's a fun one, either way. Yeah. yeah. Um, the design overall, I think, is fine. I, it's tough for me because I I loved Capaldi's TARDIS so much, with the the bookshelves and just the whole look of it. Um, but you know, as I if I once I see this in action more and and sort of see how it works and where they can come and go inside it and sort of if there's other layers and this that whatever, I'll probably grow to like it just fine. I do like some of the touches on the console. I think that's pretty neat. Yeah, I think there were some really nice nice detail uh, in the case of this, and we were we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but um, uh, they they put a lot of effort into the the details and making those details kind of have meaning. This time it seemed like it. Um, in the past, it was all about the scale of the TARDIS and all the stuff that's jammed into the TARDIS and not necessarily about the finite things. Like it was all, it was about all the different rooms that are in this thing, but now it really is about the console and about the, um, uh, you know, the waffle maker or whatever is on there, the little spinning crystal TARDIS, the, the levers, the, the actual sand, uh, sands of time clock that are on there, the hourglass. So that was a great touch. So there are some really nice details. And, and as I mentioned earlier, this sort of steampunkish stuff being thrown together to work, I think um, really does have a nice effect. And then you, you, you have sort of the big giant gears and the hexagons that make up the walls. I think that's also a really nice touch. Yeah. From a design standpoint, I'm really digging. I really do want to see a, a couple of the glory shots uh, of this thing. But from what I am seeing, I do love this sort of, this sort of look. And um, we mentioned a little bit earlier that it has sort of this worn look to a few things. Remember the TARDIS has been rematerializing every what thousand years uh, as, yeah, as the ghost monument shift or something. It's, it's been stuck in a, in this loop, and so it's been around for thousands of years, and and it's it's seen it's seen some shit. So um, huh. uh, I think maybe that has something to do with why we get this kind of cool, worn look to certain. Yeah, I, I just, I, those parts didn't stand out to me much as much as the like. To me, it look it looks very um, beehive like, like the even the center console yeah, thing, yeah. Like, very much looks like kind of dripped honey, and like you have honeycomb kind of uh, hexagons going all throughout the edges of the thing. Mm-hmm. Like has a very organic look that actually looks to me a lot like the same, like the son of screwdriver as well. Like has a lot of round edges and yeah. whatnot. And I don't know if that you know if there's anything to read into that other than they thought it was a cool design. That's <laughs> just that was just my yeah, first, initial impression. Well, the organic um, thing really does kind of go into life and uh, and make it more you know lifelike, I guess. So maybe there is some sort of the TARDIS is more of a living thing instead of just a mach- you know an AI machine. I have thoughts about that like, that are like completely unfounded. This is like a com- total conspiracy theory on my part, but I'm actually like really worried about some of the places that they might be going <laughs> with some of those themes mm-hmm. um, because of, you know, it's something I can maybe get into you know, deeper or later on or whatever, but like the, the, the timeless child thing in particular, like makes me think like, Oh, is, I wonder if this is going to be, we've had the doctor's wife. We've had, we know the doctor has had a granddaughter before, whether that was, you know, just a, like an, like a found family type thing, or if that was like actually his like, you know, biological granddaughter, I don't know. I'm worried mm-hmm. that we're, what we're going to is like, ah, yes, the doctor's got a kid out there somewhere other than Jenny, I guess. <laughs> like, his weird, his, her weird, like, uh, clone daughter. But I'm, I'm really worried that, like, where this is going, like, thematically, because so far it seems very much like loss and family, and I'm into that. But, like, if the first season with a female doctor is going to be, and it's really a story about motherhood, is it like, because, like, ah, the doctor's, like, kid is out there yeah. somewhere and they need to find them. And like they they lean on that trope, like how every lead character, like lead female character in every piece of genre work ever has to be about uh, motherhood and about their about mm-hmm. kids or not having kids or whatever. Like the Black Widow thing from Age of Ultron, like fuck, that would be so fucking terrible. <laughs> I really hope that's not like that. that they're like, oh, it's about organic and life and like life giving people, like you know, like women, like what women do. It's just like, oh, don't go there, please don't do that. That's yeah. That's completely a conspiracy theory on my part that I hope they really, really don't do, but we'll see. Well, there's a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of buzz around the idea of bringing Susan back. Based, not that that doesn't happen every season, but based on the, the talk of the timeless child stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The first episode is, is an unearthly child, I believe is the name of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, right. So we'll see. I mean, I think 
I, that's definitely the easy money right now. Um, it's funny because he, <laughs> Chibnall went into this season basically saying it was 10 episodes. There was no long arcs anymore. There were no mysteries, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's out the window. <laughs> that's out the window. He, like, so now we know that the Chibnall lies. So um, we have the Stenza and we have the Timeless Child stuff. Mm-hmm. I could totally see the stanza being like just a complete throwaway just because this almost feels like a two-parter in, you know, thematically anyway, if not like narratively. Very on the nose throwaway. That but is maybe, you're absolutely right. Uh, maybe. I, I could see that part being, but, but I, what I was going with that was like that timeless child thing is definitely coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I would be surprised. I just knowing how they always run these shows, I, I would genuinely be surprised. Not even in a bad way. If the stanza was done. Um, totally. Uh, just knowing how, not, if not necessarily Chibnall, but or BBC or whoever, I I don't know. I think as much of a fresh break they might want to do, I I think they would be. I would be very surprised if they got rid of some of the things that have worked in the past, like mm-hmm. these these series long arcs. So, um, I well, think to, how how well have those series long arcs actually paid off though in the past like right. four seasons? Oh, yeah, yeah. But who knows? Maybe all that's been missing to make them fucking awesome is is not Moffat, right? It's so, true. You know, the we, guy who it's episode two. We don't know. Wouldn't it be? It would be very funny if Moffat, the guy who was amazing at the one-off stories, was shit at the long season arcs and show running. <laughs> um, now they bring in this guy who people seem <laughs> to think is pretty shit at the one-off stories. Um, is an excellent long-term storyteller. So uh, I don't know. I think that'd be. That'd be fun, but we'll see. To your point, Steve, um, I I don't know. I, I I think if handled well, they could do. No, they can't. Nope. <laughs> no. I think they could do the Susan stuff okay. I think they could do Doctor Family stuff okay, but it has to really like it. It it has to stay far far this, from any of the cliche like stuff. So feminism type stuff. Like I, I do have to. I mean, this is obviously. To, to Stephen Strange conspiracy theory side, I'm going to butt in a little bit here. Um, there is very much a family dynamic going on here, right? You have Ryan, yeah. who's lost his mom. Um, is his mom right, or is his grandmother? His grandmother. Grandmother loses his grandmother, so he he's he goes with you know having this amazing female figure in his life, this 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 wonderful person, and she's gone, so he's in a way kind of stuck with the her um the love of her life you know her, her or her love interest and now here comes the doctor who's a female who's God, I hate saying it this way she has that sort of he's saying female because you should no, no no i meant the well that motherly and this is the conspiracy side of me going i really hope they don't have her come in and be the mom right. that that ryan is is missing and that graham is um you know graham hasn't kind of voiced his concerns yet with uh but i think there's um there there could be this strange sort of feel i don't know the strange sort of sub sub story going on there but um i hope not i hope not i i I, i'm actually what i kind of what i've been noticing about this doctor is that she's um i think the theme for her is is sort of finding finding her her way around and and being more of that explorer and in enjoying life whereas Capaldi was the elder statesman, right? He wanted to take care of people. He was the caretaker at the, you know, at the school. He wanted to take care of humanity. Um, you had Matt Smith, who was all, I mean, for, essentially he was all about himself. He was a very egotistical doctor, wanted to um, sort of, uh, felt like he had his destiny. He had his place within the universe and, and he had to live through it. And then you had uh, um, David Tennant's doctor, who was, uh, just just loved humans, loved being around him so much so that he wanted to be a human. So I think all these doctors have had these different themes, and this latest doctor is the ex- the exploration, the fun, the let's let's go let's go kick ass and take names, you know, and and enjoy the time because uh, we have this whole new lease on life, and we were supposed to end with thirteen doctors, and and I've got this whole new lease on life because of I'm technically the fourteenth doctor and things like that. I think there's some some pretty amazing um, things that they can, they can go with this direction. I hope they don't bury it with the uh, missing a mom story from Ryan. <laughs> no, I, I think it'll all, 
I, my hope is that everybody will get enough time to yeah. sort of build their own arcs. Um, but I agree with you. I do think this is a doctor who is much more – we touched on this a little bit last week – much more um, mm -hmm. inquisitive and – yeah, sort of uplifted and inventive, and you know some of that harkens back to Tennant and his goofiness and stuff like that. But yeah, and uplifting I, I, in a weird way, uplifting, uplifting and that yep. inspirational, fun-loving. Yeah, she yeah. wants to make she wants to get everybody to to enjoy life. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, yeah, I agree, and I, I I I hope that they will continue to sort of expand on that because yeah. it's a nice change of pace. Um, and I will say really quick, all of our reactions to this timeless child thing just show how scarred we are from all the Moffat bullshit. <laughs> because we're all instantly just like, ooh, like pulling our collars like, oh, God, I don't know. This is really have to do this. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the, in the um, uh, importance of time, we are slowly running out. We have to kind of wrap things up here. Um, final thoughts from you guys. And let's make them shorter because <laughs> I want to get into some of the comments from uh, – um, from from our listeners and readers, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just dive in and say enjoyed the episode. Uh, looking forward to um, where things go from here on out because it's a very different type of Doctor Who. So I, I I like these first two episodes. They they do kind of set things up really well. They I think I've got a feel for who this Doctor is uh, after watching these these two episodes and things are things really can only get better. I hope we don't get a Moffatism. I hope we get a Chibnallism. <clears throat> Stephen. Uh, good stuff. More than some of its parts, I think the I think we are sacrificing certain elements of Doctor Who in favor of stuff that we have been severely lacking for a long mm -hmm. time. Which is to say, specifically, the action is maybe suffering a little bit, and the monsters are maybe suffering a little bit in favor of like some really interesting character dynamics. Uh, but I am perfectly okay with that. So four to five stars for me. And Sean, it was fine. Um... I think Steven said it really well with the, yeah. it's more um, than the sum of its parts or whatever you said that was eloquent and nice. <laughs> it's, um, big, it's bigger on the inside of its parts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it was fine. If this is going to be sort of the groundwork for new who or new, new who um, or new, new, new who, then I'm on board. I, you know, I, I have, I'm going in now without fear for almost everything. Um, I'm excited to see where the season's going. I'm excited to see uh, the character development because I think yeah. there's a lot of potential here for a lot of unique companion stuff that we really haven't seen in Modern Who. Um, and I really can't wait now that she's got a TARDIS, she's got a sonic screwdriver, and she has a set crew of people. I am very, very excited to see this continue and to sort of expand and move forward. So four to five for me as well. Um, really quick on that note, are we discussing – do, do we? Do you guys know what next week's episode is about? I am, not, I am not looking at it. All right. Oh, well, I just have... spoiler. <laughs> well, maybe he didn't hear you. So no, uh, I didn't. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Well, uh, let me just say, Dolly, without ruining it or spoiling it, um, I am fucking wildly curious. Mm -hmm. But man, do they need to really, really, really not screw this up? Okay. So now of all times would be very yeah, bad. Yeah. So I'm I'm very 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 intrigued to watch it. Okay. Um. Uh. I guess we'll do our ratings real quick and then get into what everybody else thinks. So Stephen, you said four out of five. Sean. Yeah, I'll say I'll give it a four. I'm gonna go. Um. Let's see. I did three point five last week. I'm gonna bump that up to three point seven five. So it's oh. <laughs> inching, inching its way up. Um. A couple um, quick comments. Uh. <clears throat> our good friend Annalise Sorensen says show looks fantastic. Jody is awesome. One fifth pert we. One fifth Davison Tennant, three fifths Jody Loveliness. Her friends I like. I love the more straightforward stories. And can we get a hell yes for Sagoon Akinola for revamping the musical landscape and going more classic with it? Um, Daniel T. Monk uh, Palfrey says, My 15 year old said, This feels like a third Doctor episode. And I kind of agree. Also, about the same time, approximately two thirds of the way through, I said, I wonder if half the audition for the role is pointing. The Sonic dramatically, but yes, I enjoyed it. Oh, that was something I noticed as well. There was dramatic pointing of that Sonic screwdriver at every every open door and every hallway by Jodie Whittaker. Uh, so kudos to her for learning how to point that Sonic, I guess. Um, Jeff Waddell says, who has never looked better? Uh, oh, who has never looked better? Ha! Uh, that is how you film. A, <laughs> that is how you film a desert setting. Uh, unlike the London double deckers episode, great straightforward story, cracking special effects, 
totally on board for the season. So Stephen kind of mirrors some of the things you said a little bit ago. Um, and then uh, one last comment here uh, as I open up the, the old, the old Twitter account um, from our good friend, Stefan Swanland uh, at Stefan Swanland says, I liked everything in between the theme song and the new TARDIS look. One of my favorite parts was the man telling the story of his mother and the doctor's empathy. Another was how Yaz and the doctor encouraged Ryan in a supporting way. Too often, it's the other way around today. So great comments, everybody. Uh, keep tweeting at us at Lonely Tardis. Go to the Facebook page because we've been getting much more active there. And a lot of folks are, are, are being good and chatty in that room. So hop on over. Let us know what you think of the episodes of this episode of our comments. Tweet at us, Facebook us, and uh, and we'll talk about it on the next episode next week. You can find us at Lonely Tardis at all those things or The Lonely Tardis on Facebook, LonelyTardis.com. Find us individually at Dolly Demofsky. Stephen, where may we find you? You can still find me on Twitter at, at Stephen Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M, and on a new mystery project that is going to be launching on October 31st, if I didn't say that last week. I can't yep. remember. We will we'll make sure we, we, we post about it hardcore. Uh, Sean, <laughs> Sean, where can we find you? As always, you can find me here, and you can find me on the dumpster fire. That is twitter.com at Sean Norton, S-H-A-U-N-N-O-R-T-O-N. Remember when Twitter wasn't a dumpster fire? When it was- yeah, 2008 <laughs> was a great time perfectly. Yeah, there was a good five minutes there. It's <laughs> <They were laughs> a good five minutes. Teaching it in school. It's going to be the next big thing. You guys really should learn it. And then we learned it. We're like, shit, why do we learn this? Uh, and um, you can find Marcus at Annoyed Gamer. He uh, sometimes tweets. <laughs> uh, well, him and his friend. Oh, never mind. Go on. Uh, anyways, we are uh, always here every week talking Doctor Who. We'll see you next time. We love you guys and gals and Whovians and pets and everything in between. Love you. Bye. Feel better, Marcus. Feel better, Marcus. Bye. 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 Everybody. Bye. See you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> Do, do, do. <laughs> See you later, I guess. <laughs> yeah.